Greetings, brothers and sisters in Christ. Welcome to another episode of the Innocence Redeemed podcast. I'm your host, Ray Bergman. Today's episode is a repose of a podcast I did yesterday with Glinda Lomax of Just Praise Him Radio titled, Rise Up and Stop the Devil's Attacks. I'm also currently working on another podcast with my friend Tom in regards to indifference that um, we are seeing more and more of. So be looking out for that as it will also be released soon. Without further delay, and in the meantime, here is this week's show. Thank you so much for joining me today on Just Praise Him Radio. I'm your host, Linda Lomax, and my job is to inspire you to a closer walk with Christ. Now here's the show. Hello, believers. Welcome to the Just Praise Him radio program. I'm your host, Glenda Lomax, and the title of our message today is Rise Up and Fight. I have with me today my good friend, Ray Bergman. Welcome to the show, Ray, and thank you for making time to share your knowledge with the listeners. Hey, Glenda, no problem. Thanks for having me back. Uh, Ray received an email from someone who follows both our blogs, and when Ray and I were talking on the phone, it came up that we were both getting the same leading uh, for the topic of our next podcast about decreeing the word. Yeah, Glenda, many of us are coming under attacks right now. I've been fighting spirits of doubt and fatigue in the last week, and I haven't had a lot of focus as I normally do. And it dawned on me while I was spending time in the word to do teachings, I was not personally decreeing them for a while. And the Lord spoke to me that I needed to start decreeing his word again out loud. And I was already working on another podcast with our mutual friend, Tom, but I even told him I felt there was something else the Lord wanted me to talk about first, but I wasn't sure at first what it was. Later on, I received an email from someone who follows both of our ministries, and she was asking what to do where it comes to fighting off these attacks. She said, I feel like I don't know the word well enough. I'm not sure how I'm supposed to fight without knowing more of his word. I know some verses, and like the example when Jesus was in the wilderness and was tempted by the devil. I know the pieces of God's armor, but how am I supposed to fight back? I can spread the gospel a bit. What more am I supposed to do now? I want to fight. So this spoke to me that she knows parts of the word, but isn't sure how to decree them or, you know, use them when coming under attacks or dealing with adverse situations. And that if she's dealing with this and I'm dealing with it, then I know there must be others out there who are dealing with that too. And then the times upon us having the word written on our hearts is going to be tantamount to escaping the attacks on the evil coming upon the earth. And not just the earth, but all of us as Christians. So at the moment, I felt that was the revelation the Lord wanted me to talk about. So while we just recently did a podcast on fighting off attacks of shame and condemnation, I felt this also needed to be expanded on. So I was in awe when I found out you were getting the same revelation for your podcast. And so here we are. Yeah, you know, uh, we live in a time when we are going to need to be able to hear the Lord, because part of fighting off the evil attacks that are coming against us are, you know, being able to hear him so he can alert us to something that's going on. And spending time in his word has a whole lot to do with that. It's more than important that we work on being able to hear him if we are for anyone who is not hearing him or not hearing him well down. And there are a number of things that can stop you from hearing him, such as if uh, you're in a test, like when you're in the wilderness, A lot of times in the wilderness, God will teach you to trust him by being silent. Uh, If you have a bunch of sin in your life, then demons are attached to you and they are keeping you from hearing. If you're not in a true loving relationship with God and you're treating him like, you know, an ATM God, then you're going to have trouble hearing him at all. 
And there is a young, beautiful black girl listening to this podcast. And the Lord says, this is you. You and you really are beautiful. You do believe in God, but you think that you are so fine that you don't need him. You think that you've got everything and everyone around you on lockdown under your control. So all you really need is for God to send you money blessing. That's all you want from him. And the Lord says to you, haughty woman, beware. Second Samuel twenty two twenty eight says, and the afflicted people he will save, but his eyes are upon the haughty that he may bring them down. And Proverbs 16, 18 says, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. The Lord says your haughty attitude and the way you treat other people has come up before him. I see that you have a very godly grandmother praying for you. She does not hide her disapproval from you of the way you dress, but she lifts you up daily before his throne. She sees that you're on the wrong path. She walks very closely with the Lord and she has his ear when she prays because she is an intercessor. But others are also praying and he says that you are about to suffer a downgrade in your status. So prepare yourself. So back to hearing the Lord. If you are prideful and you think you have it all together and you don't need him, then you will not hear him. And as you walk contrary to him, if others are praying for you, you are actually obligating him by your attitude, your rejection of him and your actions to show you that he is God. That is not something you will likely enjoy and you will have no power over anything that is happening to you when it happens. So I'm just saying. And I'd like to expand on that if I may, Glenda. You know, Proverbs 15.33, the fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom and before honor is humility. You know, when we hear him calling on us and know in our spirit that what we are doing is wrong and we still do it, that's the pride that goes before the fall, just like you quoted. But someone who is humble and has the Lord's wisdom will greatly fear the Lord and turn from their wickedness because a true believer understands what the Lord's word means. They understand what it means, what it says, and that he will do exactly what he says. I did a podcast on this recently titled Rampant Unbelief and the Consequences Thereof. And I did it for this very reason, because many say they are believers, but seem to demonstrate unbelief in their actions. And the prophets warn the people to turn from these ways. You know, plainly stated by the Lord in Luke 6.46, And why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? And so, yes, we need to be careful about the arrogance and the haughtiness. Because that's one of the sins I had to repent of when I went into the wilderness. And pride is one that will get you there really fast. And it'll keep you there until you learn how to humble yourself, just like you were saying, by obligating him by your attitude. Amen. Proverbs 8.13. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride and arrogancy, and the evil way, and the froward mouth do I hate. So while we're on the topic of how to decree against attacks, we must first do a reality check to make sure we're living for the Lord and his word. Otherwise, it's just paying hip lip service if actions or attitude is contrary and decreeing the word at that point won't matter. I just thought it was important to mention that before we continue. Amen. In that first wilderness I was in, the Lord told me it was because of pridefulness. My friend John Morgan said he couldn't see it. And of course, I couldn't. Other than I had some stubbornness that had always been there, but the Lord did see it. Pride is a big one, and it will put a barrier between yourself and the Lord. He doesn't like pride, and one of the big products of pride is unforgiveness. And sin like that will keep God from hearing your prayers. You know, the word says in Mark 11, verse 25, And when ye stand praying, forgive, if ye have aught against any, that your Father also, which is in heaven, 
may forgive your trespasses. So I want to say, let me interject something real quick there. Oh yeah, sure. Absolutely. Um, One of the, you stated it very clearly that God doesn't like pride. And one of the byproducts of pride is unforgiveness. People who are prideful are extremely unforgiving. They are extremely vengeful because they do not acknowledge that God is God. In the book of Genesis, when Joseph had the chance to repay his brothers for what they did to him, which was horrible, what he said was, am I in the place of God? He did not do it. He did not repay anybody. He let God take care of everything. But yes, pridefulness will make you very unforgiving and very vengeful, and God will be against you. He shows grace to the humble, but he's against the prideful. Okay, I just wanted to say that. Yeah, it's in it. And so that verse read, and what you just were saying, that's why we need to try to cut out as much of, of that as possible, because we don't need sins like pridefulness tripping us up on top of others that steal our prayer and the effectiveness of that prayer. Yeah. You know, you know, we have a lot that already gets thrown at us as it is. Yes. And that keeps our prayers from reaching the Lord. And one of those two are distractions. Yes. You know, you know the phone ringing, the television. And, you know, while I don't have children, I know that's a big one for many. And what are some of the examples of distractions? Well, sometimes we go into social media benches watching endless videos on YouTube, or it's simply that we have a tendency to put a certain hobby before committing time to prayer. Mm-hmm. And now for me, I'm a thinker and I sit a lot and I reflect on things, but I too, in my downtime, like to listen to music or podcasts, or I'll go on Brighty on to watch videos to do research into what's going on with everything. But these all have one thing in common, and that is the time that could be spent with the Lord. Amen. Now, I try not to make them habits, but sometimes that time can and does get away from us. And I confess there are times I have not spent as much time in prayer as I should. And, you know, I'm, I'm human just like everybody else. You know, it's easy yeah. to get distracted. It's more so I've noticed when I'm tired, but still. I mean, we've yeah. all done it, so we may as well put it on the table. Because time spent with the Lord does matter. And how much we are building up our relationship with Him will matter in what's coming. Oh, yeah. And when we feel Him calling us, that's the pool that He wants our time. Many times I've been doing things and I feel him pulling on me and I submit to him. Psalm 27, 8, you know, it's a great verse that illustrates this. My heart has heard you say, come and talk with me. And my heart responds, Lord, I am coming. That verse fits right into what I was just saying about him calling us. And I felt it. So the key here is to put the spiritual foot down and say no to the distractions and commit to that time with him. Yes. And for me, I find early in the morning is the best time because it's quiet. The dogs are asleep. And I can sit still with the Lord and I can ask him about things and thank him for all he does. And for me, I find this is also a great time to put in my earbuds and worship. I like, I like sitting outside in the morning, having my coffee just as the sun is coming up and I alternate what I'm doing when I spend that time with him. I pray. And if I'm not in the word, then I'm listening to worship music, using my earbuds and reflecting on the Lord and what he wants me to have me do for that day. And when we neglect our time with him, his leading becomes faint, and then things have a tendency to be all over the place. Yes. You know, all that said, Ephesians five fifteen through 20 is good about illustrating all I just said, because it demonstrates being filled with the Holy Spirit and knowing the Lord's will for us. And we can only do that when we are close to him. Uh, starting on verse 15, and this is from the New Living Translation. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools. But like those who are wise, make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. 
Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing songs and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts. And give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Psalm 55, verses 17 through 18 is another great example of why prayer is so important and will be of utmost importance in the season due to much uncertainty. And this is specifically important when it comes to his protection with persecution, as we notate in verse 18. But starting on verse 17, Evening and morning and at noon I will pray and cry aloud, and he shall hear my voice. He has redeemed my soul in peace from the battle that was against me, for there were many against me. Think of all the times Jesus went alone to pray to our Father in heaven. You know, it's written throughout all the Gospels of Christ. And here are a few examples of many. Luke 5.16, And he withdrew himself into the wilderness and prayed. Luke 6.12, And it came to pass in those days that he went out into a mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. Mark 1.35, And in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place and there prayed. And that's what I was just talking about, how I do that in the morning. Mark 14, verse 39. And again, he went away and prayed and spake the same words. You know, these verses are in the word for a reason. They're to demonstrate that we should never stop praying. As we're to live by his example, the prayer command is absolutely no different than any of the other decrees we live by. Set that, yeah. ti- set that time aside, you know, b- because may- maybe an hour in the morning and time at night before bed, because there's nothing good on TV anyway. And there's, right. <laughs> and there's no value on time that's better spent than spending it with Jesus, because in the times coming, we don't know when we may no longer have that time. And that's why time in prayer and in his word are so important, because he will speak to you when you draw near to him. Sometimes it's just a matter of being still after that prayer and reflecting, and he will speak to you. The answer will just come to you. If we neglect this, the enemy takes more and more of our time. So we need to remember to take this time to be in his presence as much as we can. That is so true. You know, the Lord recently gave me a word relating to neglecting our prayer time, how the enemy steals our prayers. The text of this is on justpraisehim.today, and it's the July 26th word. I just began to make lunch on Monday and was debating what to work on next when the Lord reminded me again, I'd missed my prayer time. And I was thinking, oh man, I forgot because he had already, I'd already missed it. And he had reminded me a couple of times and I was like, okay, I'm gonna do that. And I would get distracted again. And I'd been about to pray. And then, you know, and it happened like three or four times. And then he began speaking. He said, this is how the enemy steals your prayer time, daughter. You must guard your time with me very jealously, no matter the activity around you. All my children's prayers are like fine gold, and they rise up to me in opposition against all the enemy desires to do to you and all those you love. But if you do not pray, there is no opposition to his plan. And suddenly in the spirit, I saw car accidents, fires, criminal actions, and terrible illnesses afflicting people. And I said, Father, please tell us how to defeat these things I'm seeing. And he said, spend more time with me each day instead of less. If you do not pray, there is no opposition to Satan's plans against you and those you love. And just think about it. If Satan ran in and he told you to your face to stop praying, you would tell him, no way, get lost. So he just devised another way, a way where you will choose to do something else each time you go to pray. And that way, 
his plans against you and those you love stay intact. And like I was saying earlier, the distractions are a big one. He spoke a similar word to me when I was getting distracted recently. And I asked, Lord, why am I not hearing you as strong lately? And his reply to me was, you need to be spending more time with me. These things you do, these hobbies you keep, do not allow them to take precedence over your time with me, for I desire to bless you greatly. Stay in my mighty presence, for I have much to teach you. I have much revelation to give. Wow. And as you can imagine, I was a little taken aback at first because I thought I was spending enough time with him. When I put a podcast together or I write for a blog, I spend a lot of time in the Word. But I came to realize that while, yes, I was doing that, I wasn't spending as much time in prayer. I mean, I was still praying. I talked to the Lord throughout the day. But I was neglecting doing the actual decrees. And in my case, much of this was because I was beginning to feel worn down. I mean, that's the best way I can describe it is the fatigue, which I came to realize was likely an attack. And Glenda, you helped point that out too. Yeah, you've been hitting a lot of people with that. So I want everyone to understand that we too, who do these teachings, are not immune from getting attacked by the enemy or distracted, which keeps us from prayer and additional study. Um, You know, I used to pray pages and pages of decree prayers every day. But after months and years of doing those daily, I got to where I dreaded them. It became such a labor to me that I didn't want to do them anymore. I love talking to the Lord and I love praying, but decreeing just felt like work. And I felt that, you know, it got to where when I would get ready for my prayer time, I it felt like a really hard labor assignment. And it made me not want to go spend that time with him. And part of it becoming a labor is likely part of the wearing down that we are all experiencing right now. So I told the Lord one day months ago, I said, Lord, I'm going to just set those aside for a while so I can enjoy my prayer time with you again, because I really wanted to enjoy him. So I stopped them for, I don't know, a number of months. I don't know how many months. And I noticed after several months of not saying them, I started to get attacked right and left again. And I thought, okay, I've not been doing my decrees. I need to do those again. And I just recently started them back up. But now I only do them about about once a week. You know, if I feel like it, I'll do it more than once, but once or maybe twice a week at the most. And I'm still experiencing attacks. All of us are. But they're not weird ones like we're starting to hit me then. And the atmosphere in my home has lifted and is so much lighter now. One of my favorite things is when somebody walks into my house and they say, wow, I can feel the peace that's in here. It's because there's so much prayer saturating this house. Amen. And all of us who are believers in Jesus come under the same pressures and distractions, which we need to, and we need to stay ahead of that and be aware of it. And we do that through our prayer and additional time in the word, because the more sharpened our sword is, the more we're going to realize it's happening. You know, that's keeping on that armor and keeping our sword sharpened. And when we do that every day and speak it out loud, we are writing it on our hearts. At one time, I spent two hours in the morning doing it, so much to the point that I woke up a few times in the night and realized I was re- I was actually reciting it without needing to actually read it. That's when it's written on your heart, right? Yeah, there. that's how you that's that's how you know. And I, and and I've been trying to get back into doing that because I was I've been getting too much into my research and not spending enough time in my decrees. And that's what he wants because that's how we will have the word so much in our heart that we will be ready to use it when we need it. Yeah. And I've begun to get back to doing this recently, and that's when it came to me in prayer that we needed to teach others about this subject. Because, you know, if you and I are going through it, then we know that others are contending with the same. Oh, yeah. 
So really, this is a lesson that we all can gain wisdom from and do better to put into practice. So I want to share with you all some things I talked about back in 2012 when I did a, a podcast about prayerlessness, about us, you know, getting distracted from our prayer time. I'm going to do another podcast on this really soon, too, probably, because this is a really important subject. And the enemy is working so hard to keep all of us from praying. And what does that tell you about your prayers? It tells you that your prayers are effective. So if the devil is trying to distract you from your prayer time, you can do your happy dance because that means your prayers are reaching heaven. And he's scared. So years ago, I think probably 2002 or 2003, when I lived in Dallas, I remember uh, I was going to my cousin's church and I remember calling his wife one day on the weekend and asking for prayer for something or someone. And I remember hearing her sigh like, "Okay, we'll pray and wondering if I had been a a bother, you know, and she didn't say anything else. She was always real sweet. But I look back now and understand why she did that, because when you are in ministry, everybody wants you to pray for them. And it's not that you mind, but you also have your own prayer list, like praying over your own requests and inquiries to the Lord praying for your family and friends, praying for the people that you minister to, uh, your ministry work, et cetera. So if you pile about 10 more people's prayers on top of that, that is all you will get done every day. And when you're in ministry, you learned that you have to prioritize your time or you won't get things done. You do. So after Amen. I started ministry, yeah, and I'm sure you've seen that to be true too, right? Yeah, I have. It's That's what I was just talking about. It's like, you know, I'll be doing the work for the ministry so much that I realize yeah. I'm not doing the right i'm not doing the decrees i'm not spending enough time you know i'm, I'm putting more not spending the time with him not doing the protection prayers over yourself yeah right it can get skewed quick so after i started ministry i remember wondering why people did not pray their own prayers why i got so many prayer requests and probably the same thing my cousin's wife was wondering the day i called her right and i realized why They either did not have enough faith to believe the Lord would hear and answer them, or they did not know how to pray. And prayer is just talking to God, y'all. Decrees are different, but prayer is just talking to God. It's just pouring your heart out to God like you would to your best friend. So I went about doing shows on both of those subjects to help other people gain more confidence. But sometimes, even when we know how to pray and we have spent decades seeing our prayers answered, we still don't pray enough. And, you know, Glenda, I wanted to just chime in really quick and say that, you know, what you were just saying about talking to God and that's, it's what it is because a lot of times when I pray, that's how I do it. I'm just having a conversation. I'm talking to him. I'm just telling him what's on my mind. I I believe there's like a misconception out there that you have to, you know, it has to be all formal and that's, and that, and that, that can be appropriate at times, but you know, a lot of times he just wants to hear, he just wants you to call on him. He just wants to hear from you because he's there. Yeah. Yeah. So what does not praying cost us? I want to talk about four things that not praying costs you every day that you don't pray. Number one, the first item on my prayer list is to cancel all demonic assignments that are sent against me. If you do this each day, then any demonic assignment in operation at that point cannot last more than a day. So when I don't pray, demonic assignments aren't canceled, right? They're not canceled. Number two, when I don't pray, the blood of Jesus is not appropriated for protection over me or those I love because I pray that in my prayers every day. And, you know, in around about 2000, there used to be a little magazine called The Spirit-Led Woman. It's not published anymore. It was really good. I wish it was still published. And there was a story in there, I believe it was about uh, Juanita Bynum. She had seen a vision. 
in this vision, she had seen all these terrible things happening, like to people that she loved. And she's like, why am I seeing this? And then she saw the blood of Jesus come down and cover it all and, and stop it and prevent it from happening. And then she realized the power of those prayers. And I always just remember that. I was like, man, that is so that is such an awesome thing to know. So if you don't pray, the blood of Jesus is not going to be helping you in that. It's not going to be covering the people you love. It's not going to be covering you because you're not praying it. When you spend the right amount of time with the Lord and in prayer each day, you will walk in great peace. When I don't pray, I will be more anxious. I'll have a lot more anxiety. I may have fear because I don't have God's peace. You know, that's also why it's so important. You know, um, you were talking recently about the music, playing the worship music with the blood, about the blood of yes. Jesus, because yes. that is very powerful. And a lot of times I'll hear that that playing in my heart because those are actually some of my favorite worship songs. And yeah, if you uh, if you have anxiety, that's the best thing you can do. Or if you're feeling you're getting tormenting thoughts, some people have a real hard time with tormenting thoughts coming at them. You turn on music about the blood of Jesus, that will shut that down quick. That, the demons cannot stand it. There's playlists out on YouTube. That Yeah, and it will truly give you peace, guys. Just everyone listening so you know. Yeah, it will help you with everything. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. When I don't pray, I am not strengthening my connection and my relationship with God. Our relationship with God is comparable to a marriage. How long would your marriage last if you did not talk to your spouse every day? If you did not spend any time with them every day? So our prayer time is definitely under heavy spiritual attack right now, just as we are. And for August 2nd, the Lord gave us a word that tells us exactly what we need to do to handle the attacks we're dealing with right now. It's called The Battle Is Now. My precious children, you are the priceless pawns in the battle between good and evil being fought both in heaven and on earth in this time. You carry the treasure of my word and the anointing to relay it to others. For this reason, Satan desires to destroy you. I have left you the weapons to fight this battle, but many of my children do not know or do not use these weapons, and many are occupied with worldly matters. For these reasons, my kingdom will suffer loss in this time. I desire you would take up your sword, the sword of my mighty word, and destroy the works of darkness that work against you. And some of the works of darkness against you would be like poverty, sickness, fear, temptations to sin. Gird up your loins, my children. The battle is now. Soon you are coming home to me. Do not leave this fight to others, for I will surely hold you to account if you do. You know, years ago, the Lord gave me a vision about why people cannot hear him. I think it was in 2009. I had just gotten started in ministry, and I was getting so many emails from people saying that they didn't hear him speak. And I said, Lord, why can't they hear you? My mom always heard him. Her sisters always heard him. I mean, I thought everybody could hear him. It was just normal in our family. And then he showed me this vision. And in the vision, there was this big pile of stuff. And on one side was a man that was, you know, busy with all the stuff. And on the other side was Jesus. And Jesus was talking to the man the whole time. But because the man was so busy with all the stuff, he couldn't hear that small, still voice that he talks in. You know, and we need to remember to keep the Lord first. While we're provided with many blessings, you know, as the Lord spoke to me personally, he doesn't want us to be letting our comforts of the earth and our other hobbies take precedence over our time with him. This causes us to drift whether we care to admit it or not. He comes first. So we need to be making sure that we're putting him first at the start of each day. And that means slowing down 
as to put things on hold and spend time with him, spending time praying to him. Not all prayer has to be formal, like I was just saying. Prayer is thinking on him, and it's also acknowledging his presence. I spend a lot of time in prayer just talking to him and being still. You know, that's what we're supposed to do. First First Thessalonians 5.17, the word says, pray without ceasing. And this goes back to what I said earlier when I was referring to the different gospels of Jesus going off to a secluded place to pray. And Glinda, when we carefully study Ephesians 6, verses 17 through 20, what are these verses saying? And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints, all people, all Christians. And for me, that utterance may be given unto me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. That is the teachings of Jesus and what we're supposed to be doing to serve him, how we are living for him, living the word, for which I'm an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. The utterance is God giving us the right words to explain his plan, speaking boldly without fear and decreeing his holy word as it applies to each and every situation as that word is our sword. In a similar way, let's look at some other verses. Hebrews 4.12 For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Isaiah 49.2 And he hath made my mouth like a sharp sword, in the shadow of his hand hath he hid me, and made me a polished shaft, in his quiver hath he hid me. I really like that verse. I had a recent experience with Psalm 91 last week that I want to share. The last two weeks, the last two weeks have been tough, y'all. I've come under attack in several areas, and I lost a friend in a really tragic way. So I'm grieving at the same time. So if you email me and you don't get an answer, please don't be offended. I'm just not up much to emailing right now. I'm doing my best to keep, you know, the ministry stuff going, but I'm not much up to anything else. This grief, this kind of grief is, is very heavy. So just before I lost my friend, one morning I was about to pray my decree prayers because I hadn't prayed them in a while. And this was after, you know, like a few months of not praying them. And this one morning I got out my prayer list. And just as I began to speaking Psalm 91, which is at the very beginning of them, I was especially praying for protection because of the attacks. And I felt a surge of God's spirit in me. And it came out like this. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge. He is my fortress. In him do I trust. Surely he shall deliver me from the snare of the fowler and from the noise and pestilence. He shall cover me with his feathers and under his wings do I trust. His truth is my shield and buckler. I will not be afraid for the terror by night or the arrow that flies by day, nor for the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor for the destruction that wastes at noonday. A thousand may fall at my side and 10,000 at my right hand, but it will not come near me. Only with my eyes will I behold and see the reward of the wicked, because I've made the Lord my refuge, even the most high, my habitation. There shall no evil befall me, neither shall any plague come near my dwelling. For he gives his angels charge over me to keep me in all my ways, and they will bear me up in their hands, lest I even dash my foot against a stone. I will tread upon the lion and adder, the young lion and dragon will I trample under feet because he has set his love upon me because I have set my love upon him. Therefore, he delivers me. He sets me on high because I know his name. 
I will call upon him and he will answer me. He will be with me in trouble. He will deliver me and honor me. With long life does he satisfy me and show me his salvation. So when I prayed Psalm 91 that day, like I felt it rising up in me, God's presence hit me so hard, I'm surprised there wasn't a flash of light in the room. I had always known decreeing was powerful, but I just experienced wielding the sword of his word. And if you wield the sword of his word like that, you can chop the devil and his demons up. You could slice right through his plans to destroy you and the people you love. And every time you read or study the word of God, you sharpen your sword. Amen. When you're listening to this, you are sharpening your sword. Amen. When you decree like that and you pray Psalm 91 or any other prayer out of the Bible, you are sharpening your sword. Amen. And I have noticed that too. When I decree certain verses, I feel his presence strong. And that's when he has given me revelation on events that are coming that I've uh, put up yeah. on my blog. You know, there's power in prayer. And I'd like to share a few yeah. examples of how we can decree. You know, you just shared a good one for, from Psalm 91. When I started decreeing the word, I took a lot of the verses and made them personable to me. And that just means that I changed the writing so that I was learning to speak them in the tense for myself. For example, let's look at Deuteronomy 33, verse 27. The eternal God is your refuge, and his everlasting arms are under you. He drives out the enemy before you. He cries out, destroy them. So I take that verse and I confess it out like this. The eternal God is my refuge, and his everlasting arms are underneath me. He is driving out my enemies before me, saying, destroy them. And let's take a look at another one in regards to strongholds. 2 Corinthians 10, verses 3 through 5, starting on verse 3. We are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. So, you could take a verse like that and confess it. The weapons I fight with are not the weapons of this world. My weapons in Christ have divine power to demolish strongholds. In Jesus' name, I demolish arguments. I demolish every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. I take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And these really do work, because after a while, you're going to find yourself rebuking negative thoughts. And so that's an important one when the attacks come on, that we are not good enough or others like that. You know, let's take a look at another one in regards to fear, since that's a big one right now. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. 1 John 4.16 says, We know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in his love. God is love, and all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. Then, 1 John 4.18 such love has no fear, because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment, and this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. So the confession is said like this. The spirit God gave me does not make me fearful. The Holy Spirit gives me power, love, and self-discipline. He gives me a sound mind. God is love. He lives in me, in all his fullness of love, and I live in him. God's perfect love is driving out all fear. Fear must go now, in Jesus' name. That's good. So let's take a look at one more example. God is my rescuer. This uh, Psalm 18, which by the way, the entire chapter of Psalm 18, I believe, is crucial for these times. But Psalm 18, verse 17 through 19 says, He rescued me from my powerful enemies, from those who hated me and were too strong for me. 
They attacked me at a moment when I was in distress, but the Lord supported me. He led me to a place of safety. He rescued me because he delights in me. So we confess and decree these verses like this. God is rescuing me from my enemy. What is too strong for me is not too strong for my God. My God is greater. The Lord is my support. He is bringing me out into a place of safety. He rescues me because he delights in me. I love that one. And another one, which just happens to be the word for today in the Bible app. When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. And even that right there, you could make it into your own decree. You could say something like this. When I go through deep waters, I know the Lord is with me. He holds me up when I go through rivers of difficulty, so I will not drown. I will not be burned up and consumed by the flames. The Lord is my protection. So those said, there are many examples in the word you can decree for whatever you're facing. You can make them on your own as they may fit your needs. And there are many resources on the web. One site in particular, I believe I actually had linked to on, um, under my resources tab on my blog, but they're not hard to find by just doing a search. No, they're not. Um, I'd like to also share a vision about prayer that happened after I had the Psalm 91 experience last week. I have not told, I think you were the only person I told about this so far. In this vision, I saw, and I don't remember what I was doing, if I was praying or what I was doing. In the vision, I saw areas of someone's life that had, they had prayed over. And then I saw someone walked up to each area and reach out to touch it, to do harm to it. And I saw a big lock on it because the prayer covered it, rendering it untouchable to the enemy. The person walked up to the second area and the same thing happened. It was locked down, not touchable. And then a third area and the same thing happened again. Everything that had been prayed over was locked down and the enemy could do nothing to it. Is that cool or what? Amen. Yeah, it is cool. And a few others I'd like to decree, you know, in addition to Psalm 91 are Psalm 18, Psalm 23, Psalm 26, Psalm 34, and Psalm 62. And listeners, you know, take notes if you want to go through those and check them out. Psalm 75 is a great one for decreeing against the wicked, because there's a lot of that right now. There's verses you can decree without even changing them. Um, Hebrews 13:6, The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? Another, good. another verse, Psalm 28, 7, the Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him and I am helped. Therefore, my heart rejoices and I give thanks to him with my song. Note that it says, I give thanks to him with my song as it relates to Ephesians five nineteen that I mentioned earlier. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. And that's what I was talking about earlier when I was talking about the songs coming up in the spirit. And then, you know, the songs about the blood, you know, because they, oh, yeah. they'll come up at the right time. It's like, you won't even, something negative might be coming at you. You'll start feeling those songs. Like, so you're yeah. singing it in your heart. You're making melody in your heart to the Lord. Yeah, they do come back up. And singing worship songs to the Lord is another way that we can give thanks to him with our song. And, you know, you read Isaiah 49 too, talking about using the word as a weapon, as it is the sword of our armor. Uh, let me read that again. And he hath made my mouth like a sharp sword. In the shadow of his hand hath he hid me and made me a polished shaft. In his quiver hath he hid me. The quiver is something that if you had a bow, you would hold your arrows in your quiver. I would never noticed that verse until today when Ray added it to our notes. And I want to read y'all something. I was looking back over some old paperwork and I found something the Lord told me 
in May of 2009, when I was going into that first really terrifying wilderness where I almost became homeless, me and my son both. And I must have been praying and fretting uh, because he spoke to me about how to receive what is promised in his word. And what he spoke is just as relevant today as it was in 2009. At some point, I'm probably going to post this on JPH. Here's what he said. He said, to receive is to state you own it. It's your right and not back down from it. Like the clause of a contract, my word delivers. It is enforceable for I myself back its promises. In order to know your entitlement as my child and heir to my kingdom, you need only read the contract and then claim the promises I have made you. The angels will be dispatched to aid you in receiving all that has been granted to you. The enemy will always speak lies to defeat your walk unless you stop him. But you have my contract signed in the blood of my son to back your every need and desire. Your heart is mine and ample provision, more than enough money, food and clothing are well within my will for you. So do not be afraid to ask for you have not only because you ask not. Just do not let the enemy steal your blessings by making you doubt me or my word. That is the real danger because I only respond to the voice of faith. Doubt, fear, and unbelief have no place in my kingdom or in my children. Stop trying to reason everything out for my ways are much higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts, but I will come through for you. So the sword of the word, let me give like a demonstration, just kind of demonstrate for you how I use a couple of them. Back then, especially in that wilderness, the biggest issue that I faced was I had no job. God had taken me out of work. If y'all remember, that was during the Great Recession. They kept extending unemployment, extending it and extending it. And so eventually my unemployment was just one day they just stopped extending it. And I'm like, all righty, then what do we do now? And so you're faced with you have no money to pay rent. You have no money to buy food. You have no money to you know pay for your automobile and buy gas to go look for work or whatever you're supposed to be doing. And so I started researching of course years before that i researched provision and i remembered that psalm 23 1 the lord is my shepherd i shall not want y'all have heard me teach on this before if you've listened to me for very long the lord is my shepherd that's a qualifying part of this verse okay the, if the lord has to be your shepherd if you want this to work him being your shepherd means he leads you wherever you go that means you're not just jumping out going wherever you want to go on your own you know counsel you're saying, okay, Lord, where are we going next? And if he's not telling you where to go, you don't go. I call it don't move till God moves you. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. If you look up that word want in the Strong's, the original Hebrew word that was translated want also meant lack. So that means the Lord is my shepherd. If I go where he tells me to go, I won't lack. Okay. If you're in his will about where you're supposed to be, that's tied to your provision. So if you don't have enough provision, Look and make sure you're in the right place, okay? And so if I see a situation of lack coming up in my life, I will start speaking to it and go, uh-uh, uh-uh, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want, I shall not lack. I rebuke you, Satan. You are not going to make me lack in Jesus' name. You're not going to do it. And like if you're sick and you need healing, Psalm 107, 19, Lord, your word says, you know, because you always want to pray God's word back to him. You want to put him in remembrance of his word. He likes that when you do that, because that means you've been looking at his word. That's all part of the decreeing. That's part of the decreeing. That's it. Then then they, that verse says, then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saves them out of their distress. In verse 20 says, he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. And destructions, by the way, for those of you praying for your children, 
delivered them from their destructions. One of the destructions that affect a lot of people today is drug addiction. If you're praying for a child that's addicted to drugs, that's a good verse to pray over them. So I would say, Lord, I'm asking you to send your word and heal me and deliver me from all my destructions. Lord, if I got any kind of destruction in my life that's making me sick, set me free, Lord, show me what's going on. So or so I'm asking you to send your word and heal my son or heal my daughter or my whoever and deliver them from all their destructions. And you pray that over your child. Lord, please send your word and heal my daughter and deliver her from her destructions. You know, send your word and heal my son. Deliver him from any destructions he's got going on. For counteracting acting fear, and Ray read this verse earlier, 2 Timothy 1, 7. For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. You can always use that one, too, if you're decreeing a sound mind. Lord, your word says fear is not of you. So I send that back where it came from. Fear, I rebuke you in Jesus' name. And I command you to go to the pit of hell and stay there and wait for God's final judgment. You always want to give demons a place to go. Let me explain why. When you cast them out years ago in 2007, I think it was 2007, I was doing a job in Woodward, Oklahoma, and I was ministering up there. I wasn't in ministry, but I was ministering up there to a young couple, and they needed some deliverance. And so I was praying over them, and I prayed, and I, and I cast out a spirit, and then I cast out another spirit, and then I saw the spirits were still there in the room, and they were pacing back and forth. And I was like, what is this all about? And the Lord revealed to me later, you cast them out, but you didn't send them anywhere, so they were just waiting to get back on there. They were just waiting to reattach to the person. I was like, okay, so we need to send them someplace and make sure they can't come out of there. So always give demons a place to go. You give them direct command in the name of Jesus where they have to go. Hell's the best place to send them. And one of the easiest ways to find promises to decree and to quote for various needs is to get a promise book in your favorite translation. They have them on Amazon. They have them in every Christian bookstore. can probably find them at Walmart. Uh, they're organized by subject, so you can look up verses or promises by stuff like fear, anxiety, provision, finances, healing, etc. I bought one called uh, God's Promises Fear Over Needs, and it was five bucks for Kindle. They're, they're, that's they're, about, yeah, they, that's what about what most of them cost. Yeah, they're not $5. they're not that much, and they're convenient, yeah. and they're 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 categorized like for each topic yeah. you were just saying. Yeah, and then you've got it right at your fingertips. That's going to come in handy. Before we close, Ray, do you want to give the listeners your contact information? Sure. Well, the listeners can visit my blog and subscribe to my podcast if they wish. And the blog is innocenceredeemed.blog. And there is a contact form there under the About section if they would like to reach out to me. And you know, y'all, a lot of work and battling goes into making these podcasts. Y'all would be shocked if you knew in some cases how much. Not just by me, but by everyone who is a guest on this podcast. They do days and sometimes weeks of preparation just to get on here and share knowledge with you. So if you get something out of these shows, it really encourages them if you let them know. You know, if you got something out of this show, you know, email Ray and tell him, you know, or go on his blog and go to the about section and just send him a quick note. Hey, I liked your show or that what you said about this really helped me. That really encourages people to get, you know, keep going because it is possible for ministers to get discouraged and give up. I know ministers who have given up more than one. You'd be surprised or maybe not, but um, you want to do that. Anyway, that's all we have for y'all this week. I hope that this podcast has been a help to you. 
We battled through a bunch of battles to get it out here. We've been trying to record for two days. They were messing with your audio a few times while you were reading Psalm 91. I don't know if you wouldn't, you didn't hear it, but I heard it on my end because I'm the one recording it. But no. yeah. It's I did like not they, know that. They, we have, yeah, they really we, do not like, they did not want this message getting out. They so. did not want this message getting out at all. So if y'all have trouble listening to the message, do not be surprised at all. But Jesus bless you. Thanks for listening. Y'all have a great week. Thank you so much for tuning in today to Just Praise Him Radio. You can contact me by mail at my new address, JPH Inc., Glenda Lomax, P.O. Box 60, Glencoe, Arkansas 72539, or by email at jphtoday at gmail.com. JPH is not affiliated with any nonprofit organization, church, or denomination. Have you ever gone through a time in your life where suddenly it just felt like your whole life was falling apart? I call these experiences the wilderness experiences. Wilderness experiences are a time of great uncertainty and change. Uh, there are times when our faith is tried and refined. After many experiences, the Lord spoke to me to write The Wilderness Companion, which is a virtual roadmap through the desert times of your life. Find out why you've been led to the wilderness. Find out what the biggest hindrance is to receiving provision in the wilderness. Find out what the seven temptations of the wilderness are. Drastically cut the time you spend in the wilderness by learning how to partner with the Lord instead of working against Him. Every Christian needs to read The Wilderness Companion. It's by Glenda Lomax, and it's available on Amazon.com or WingsOfProphecy.com. Amazon.com, The Wilderness Companion by Glenda Lomax. Are there areas of sin in your life you just can't seem to overcome no matter how hard you try? Many people live their whole lives under curses. Without understanding, they can be free. Learn what the scriptures say about curses and why they are still relevant today. Hosea 4.6 says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Learn how to defeat every curse through the power of the cross of Jesus Christ. If you have the knowledge, you can break curses off your life and start experiencing breakthroughs like never before. In the book Loosed from Chains of Darkness, you will learn the basics of four different types of curses. Loosed from Chains of Darkness is the most comprehensive curse-breaking book on the market today. Get your copy of Loosed from Chains of Darkness by Glenda Lomax, available on Amazon.com in print, Kindle, and audiobook versions. Sidewalk Flowers Volume 1 is a collection of 58 short inspirational readings that will uplift, comfort, and encourage readers from every walk of life. Sidewalk Flowers includes inspirational tales and topics taken from the lives of everyday people who exhibited extraordinary wisdom, kindness, and courage while traveling the sidewalks of life. Get your copy of Sidewalk Flowers Volume 1 today, available in print and new audiobook. Sidewalk Flowers, Volume 1 by Glenda Lomax, available on Amazon.com, in print or new audiobook. There is no one on earth who has not been wronged at some time in their life. Everyone has a story to tell. 
Everyone has been hurt by someone. The pain you have suffered does not make you special. It is what you do with that pain that sets you apart. Life can make you bitter or it can make you better. You choose. The only difference between the two is the I.